KJAMS 105.3. It's in there pretty with me, your favorite radio reverend, Preach Easy in the morning. How you doing this morning? I hope that this Sunday morning is going easy as your gospel should be. If this is your first time with me, then allow me to reintroduce myself. They call me Preach Easy, not because I'm easy on the eyes, because I believe the gospel should be easy like your Sunday morning. That means here on Kate Jams 105.3, we dive into the nitty gritty. You know, answering the questions that you ask yourself in the middle of the night, like, who am I? What is my purpose? Why did God make me? Well, I believe all the answers to that are real easy because they start with you. The journey getting there, the journey getting there is where it gets tough, where it gets a little difficult, but that's where I come in. As your favorite radio reverend, that's the most poppin' podcast pope. Oh yes, I'm on all streaming platforms, so that means all you gotta do is type in Preach Easy. That's Preach Easy. You can type it in wherever it is that you listen to your podcast, you get your music. Heck, it's so simple, you can even type it in on Google. You just type in Preach Easy. That's P-R-E-A-C-H, put a little space in between. E dot Z. And that'll keep you tuned in and up to date. If you ever miss a series, if you ever miss a word or a sermon, you can dive in and catch on up. Feel free to go ahead and backtrack. If you miss something, always listen in. Leave me a comment. I love going back and seeing that. But today we are going to be diving in and talking about better than we were yesterday. But before we can go ahead and talk about being better than we were yesterday, we got to gather up all of our issues, our problems, our challenges from yesterday, from last week, from the week before that for maybe last month in the year before that let's go ahead and gather up those challenges those issues those problems those situations whatever it is that's been holding us back or can hold us back from this moment with God let's go ahead and release and give them on over to the Lord now just go ahead and exhale with me just Now that we created a space for the Lord to move in a groove, let's breathe on in the promises, the blessings, the good news, and the gospel that the Lord has coming up for us in the next week, the next month. Lord, if you're able and you're willing, and we know you are, we'll take it in the next 30 minutes, Lord, in the next 30 seconds. So let's go ahead and breathe on in those promises, those blessings, that good news, and the gospel that the Lord has for us. Let's go ahead and breathe in it now. Just... Without further ado... Let's go ahead and dive in talking about better than we were yesterday. The state of existence, the state of reality as we know it, is one of constant change. We don't have to look much further than looking beneath the ground underneath our feet. This very earth is a perfect example of change. Originally, eons before any of us ever existed, Earth was no different than any of these other inhospitable celestial bodies orbiting a sun, or orbiting their star caught by its gravity, being bombarded by radiation from the sun, and being hit constantly by meteors because the Earth at that point had no atmosphere and no gravity to call itself. But yet, somehow, through this natural law of change, Earth became distinct, inspired, hospitable. Earth became our home, the backdrop to our culture, the setting of our history, the scene of our greatest horrors, and the home of our greatest accomplishments. Earth became something different than every other celestial body in all of existence. Whether this was because of the Goldilocks principle or it was because of divine intervention, whether it was because the start was a big bang or if it was simply when God said, let there be light. 
over the course of time, dedication, passion, change occurred. Taking something, some space that was inhospitable, that could not support life and did not even want to, into a place that is now the backdrop, the centerpiece, the home of all of us. It is where we've conducted all of our history except for that one time when we went to the moon. But even then, it was still what inspired us. This desire to see our home as it's constantly changing. Earth is a prime example of the natural law of change. This natural law applies to everything. Even energy, our sun, that constant reminder that lets us know it's morning time and that life still goes on. Even the sun itself, composed of different forms of energy, although that energy will last forever, it will never stay the same. All things change. All things may not die or end, but all things change. For some, this natural law of change can instill fear. It can instill anxiety, depression, resentment, or disconnectedness. But instead, this natural law of change should inspire hope, should inspire joy, and should offer some form of relief. Relief because we are not doomed to stay in the negative situations. We are not doomed to find ourselves in these same problems and challenges that we've carried on throughout most of our lives. Instead, we are promised something better. We are promised change. And this promise is fulfilled through Christ on Calvary. See, no verse better exemplifies, better reminds us that this change is possible. Nay, that this change is promised. This is a natural right and a natural law, divinely given or scientifically proven. And it says here in Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 through 18. We may have heard it before, but it says, Wherever, if any person is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old things are passed away, but behold, they have become something anew. But all things are of God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. To with it that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not reckoning unto them their trespasses, and having committed unto us the word of reconciliation. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This word was written by someone who was transformed, who applied this natural law of change to their own life. Corinthians was written by the Apostle Paul, who originally was the Apostle Saul. But unlike Paul and Saul, many of us don't change overnight. Instead, it's a long process that takes hard work and dedication. And for many of us, sometimes that is what instills the fear. Not so much the fear that we can't get better, but instead the fear that we don't have the ability to do it. Not the imagination, but instead the recognition. See, in order to be better than we were yesterday, it takes recognizing the faults of yesterday. But it also takes recognizing the promises for tomorrow. 
See, this sermon is not to be a wipe it all clean, a get out of jail free card. Instead, this sermon is meant to inspire those who have for too long doubted themselves and said, this is just me. Despite the fact that every time they say that, it feels like poison is being spit out of their tongue, as if their stomach is being conversed because they know that there is something more for them, yet they just can't imagine it. The first step to being better than we were yesterday is recognizing that yesterday is yesterday. The challenges, the problems, the situations, the shortcomings, none of those things disqualify you from the promise for tomorrow. But in recognizing what we have to work on yesterday, in recognizing and remembering the promise that we have for tomorrow, we must still look and see the work that we have for today. Being better than you were yesterday does not disqualify you from the work for today. When the earth changed from a hospitable place to an inhospitable, or from an inhospitable place to one that is hospitable, it went through negative changes. Asteroids hit it. Ice ages occurred. Lava pits completely erupted, covering all of the earth. Water was the complete surface multiple times throughout history. Change is never always pretty, but change is always worth it. Recognizing the faults of yesterday is necessary so we can fulfill the promise of tomorrow, but we need to work on what's required today. The next step after recognizing all that we need to look at and see is releasing. Now, if I didn't lose you before, this is the part where you look at me and say, well, that ain't easy, easy. If I could release, I would have released and moved on by now. See, it's not that easy, easy. And I'd say, but that's what God's here for. God's here because the release isn't that easy. Letting go of the challenges, the problems, especially when they're going to be there tomorrow, even for a moment, a second, a, a, a moment, a second, a breath of reprieve can feel like a lot just to release. But that's what God's here for. The weights, the struggles, the challenges that we've carried for oh so long, God is waiting for us to handle it so that we may have a moment to think, to imagine, to believe. One of the things most consistently found is that those who find themselves underachieving, those that find themselves that do not have resources to necessity, is not that they lack creativity. In fact, their creativity is bursting tenfold. Instead, they are limited in outlets. That's why so often so many flock to overrepresented outlets like rap, basketball, sports, especially in moments or times where they don't have the resources to express because they need some form of release, some form to express themselves, to show themselves. And this is exactly what God is trying to do for us. In those moments and times where we don't have an art, a sport, we don't have a friend or a shoulder to cry on. In those moments where we have all of those, but none of them amount to anything. This is where we give it over to God to simply release. A space and a place that knows us and believes in us. In that moment when we release, in that special divine moment, this is where we can be refilled and be recreated. The verse says those, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, they have become something anew. For some of us, the reason we've never been better the reason we can't stick to it is because we've never even had the imagination, the time, the space to think, imagine, to recreate ourselves. What God is promising, what Christ did on Calvary, 
When he shed his blood, it watered the grounds upon which we stand, allowing us to change and to grow, to be better than we were yesterday, to recreate ourselves. If nothing else, Christians have the excuse to try again. Where everyone else in the world is looking for an excuse to recreate themselves, to try something new, to be better than they were yesterday. Through Christ, we've been given simply the excuse to try again. To say, yesterday I made this mistake and that mistake, but tomorrow I'm promised through the natural law of change, through the sacrifice that Christ made on Calvary, that I can be better than I was yesterday. I just have to recognize the mistakes from yesterday. Remember the promises for tomorrow. Look at the work I got for today and release everything that's not helping me, everything that's holding me back. Even plants when they're buried in the dirt, originally they start and they take everything around them, every nutrients and every dirt pile that's there. But as they grow, as they change, they can no longer be self-sufficient just on the dirt alone. They need sunshine. They need air to carry the seed. They need water to be planted or put directly on them. Things change and adapt. The very ground you stand on was once inhospitable. When Paul was speaking to the Corinthians, the church of Corinth had existed for oh so long. Since the classical Greeks, Corinth had been sitting there. They had been conquered by tyrants, both in Greece and in Rome. And now here, they were the birthing place for a new space. It's not just us that can be better than we were yesterday, but the spaces we enter, the communities that we exist in, the families that we build, the connections that we hold, all the things that we see, that we touch, that the Lord has graced to be in our way can be better than they were yesterday because that is the natural law. The very ground you walk on once would burn you alive, but now it gives you everything you need to survive. Could we not still do the same in ourselves in the world around us. All it takes is that we recognize, we release, and we recreate. And it is just that easy. This is your favorite radio Reverend Preach Easy. This is my interpretations of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 through 18. Let me know your interpretation down below. And if you enjoyed any part of this, leave a like, comment, and share. And no, I'll be praying for you till you hear from me again. Preach Easy, signing off. K-Jams 105.3, sitting there pretty with me, your favorite radio reverend, Preach Easy in the morning. How you doing this morning? I hope that this Sunday morning is going easy as your gospel should be. If this is your first time with me, then allow me to reintroduce myself. They call me Preach Easy, not because I'm easy on the eyes, because I believe the gospel should be easy like your Sunday morning. That means here on K-Jams 105.3, we dive in into the nitty gritty. You know, answering the questions that you ask yourself in the middle of the night, like, who am I? What is my purpose? Why did God make me? Well, I believe all the answers to that are real easy because they start with you. The journey getting there, the journey getting there is where it gets a little tough, where it gets a little difficult, but that's where I come in. As your favorite radio reverend, as the most poppin' podcast pope, oh yes, I'm on all streaming platforms, so that means all you gotta do is type in Preach Easy to tune in. And you're gonna wanna do that because we are starting off our love series for all of February. So all you gotta do is type in Preach Easy. You can type it in wherever it is you get your podcast, you listen to your music, hey, 
heck I made it so simple you can even type it in on Google you just type in preach easy that's p-r-e-a-c-h put a little space in between e dot z and that'll keep you tuned in and up to date as we dive on into our love series so let's go ahead and clear up gather up those issues challenges problems situations that we've been carrying with us for the past week the past month for however long we've been carrying with us and let's go ahead and just give it on over to the Lord now so let's go ahead and exhale go ahead and give the Lord those problems those issues those challenges and just breathe them on out just and now that we've created a space let's breathe on in the promises the blessings the good news and the gospel that the lord has coming up for us in the next week the next month lord if you're able and willing and we know you are we'll take in the next 30 minutes lord in the next 30 seconds so let's go ahead and breathe on in the promises the blessings and the good news that the lord has for us let's go ahead and breathe that in now just and without further ado Let's go ahead and dive into part number one, talking all about love. When it comes to love, it seems to be the number one topic on everyone's mind. Despite the fact that love is nearly on every app, it's the focus of every other TV show or drama, it's the side story for every action movie or comedy, love still remains elusive. The concept of love is so hard to pinpoint and narrow down that so many times many of us seem to just be chasing our own interpretations of love and when those interpretations seem to conflict or clash with one another, we end up feeling alone. Love is one of our greatest callings, one of the greatest commandments that Christ gives on to us. Say it was love that actually inspired God to go and not only create all of existence, but to then go and forgive all of existence for its chattas and sins, its marks that were missed. God forgave all of us simply for love. Paul goes in and says that if you had abilities and miracles, if you could change the colors of the skies and split open the earth, if you could heal the sick and provide riches to the poor, none of it would amount to anything without love. And yet, despite all of this, for so many of us, love, despite it being one of the most commonplace words to hear, Despite it being the fuel for some, the fear of others, the justification for our own salvation, despite it being the focus of many, it eludes so many of us. See, John chapter 15, verse 12, Jesus says, my greatest commandment to you, if you keep my commandments, he begins in verse 10. You will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commands and remained in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It is a command. A calling, 
a responsibility or a requirement for the creations of Christ, for the followers of Christ, and for all of earthlings, anyone who finds and calls himself human, to love. But for many of us, this desire, this command, this push to love is instead replaced with an obsession. An obsession with what's familiar, with what we know, with what makes us comfortable or with what gives us pleasure. What we believe to be love is oftentimes this obsession with the familiar, with the known, at the expense of the other or the unknown. As we move into Black History Month, as we move into February, the month known for love, I feel that no point better connects this than the initial foundation for love. See, C.S. Lewis, the dude who wrote The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, was also a radio theologian, just like your favorite radio reverend Preach Easy back in the day. Now, he had gone on for several radio sermons and discussed love, and he had introduced four different Greek words that were found in the Bible that discussed love. For many of us, we're familiar with at least three of them, but for whatever reason, this fourth word for love, which was introduced at the same time that C.S. Lewis introduced the other two, storge, is oftentimes overlooked. See, storge is defined in the Greek originally as a familiar love. A love for the parents, a love for the same, a love for the family, the clan, the race, the gender, the orientation. And for many, I could understand why this idea for storge love could be difficult to preach from, especially coming from C.S. Lewis, a white man in the beginning of the 19th century, discussing and talking about race or familiar love could kind of inspire a level of us versus them. And for many of us, as we go through life, I would argue that in reality, we have been applying this storge love incorrectly. We have created an obsession with what is known, what is familiar, at the expense of the other, with the unknown and the unfamiliar. And this is not what Christ commands for us. I feel like this misunderstanding, this misinterpretation of storge love, since it is both the familiar love and the foundational love that is required for romantic and friendship love to be built upon, since even Christians have misinterpreted this love, this is why even Christians can participate in things like racism, sexism, homophobia, and xenophobia, simply because we misunderstand and believe that love is supposed to be at the expense of another. When in reality, Christ commands us to love each other. Not just what's familiar to us. Not just what's what's known to us. Love, especially storge love, it begins as this instinctual connection. Something that a parent has to a child and a child has to a parent. But instead, we are called to grow. To be more than just instinctual, unconscious beings. To be, but to be conscious beings that choose to love. See, love is more than just this mysterious, elusive thing that happens or occurs. Love is an action. We've discussed this in past sermons before, but love is an action, and it begins in storge, this foundational, familiar love that connects and finds people, despite their differences on the surface. See, what Christ commands, if Christ commanded us to love each other, why would Christ set us up for failure? Understanding that we would find love in those that are familiar, those that are similar to us. Christ would expand and push. What Christ is calling and commanding us to do is to have a storge love that is expansive, not exclusive.
A storge love that is familiar and that finds the known and the common in the other. What love is supposed to do is supposed to connect those that are seemingly unknown, seemingly uncommon, that don't speak the same languages, that don't have the same interests, that don't have the same cares or skin color or race or language or hair textures, and yet it still combines. That is the power, the purpose, and the commandment of love. To go beyond what is familiar, to go beyond what is known, to go beyond what makes us comfortable and pleasurable, and instead find all of those things in another. To find all those things in the other. To find it in someone who doesn't look like you, talk like you, acts like you, but still you find the power, the ability to love them. Christ's greatest command is to love each other just as Christ has loved us. C.S. Lewis introduces four stages of love. In the first foundational love, before we can develop friendship, before we can develop romantic interests, especially before we can develop unconditional love, we must establish a foundation of familiar love, a storge that is expansive, not exclusive, that finds that love in someone or something that's different, that's unknown to you, and you make it known, and that is what begins love. For many of us, this commandment can cause us fear, anxiety, because we recognize that we must go beyond ourselves, beyond what makes ourselves comfortable, beyond what we've ever known, just for the chance to fulfill what Christ has called us to do. But it's more than just a commandment for Christians. It's more than just a calling for those who want to be better than they were yesterday. It is a necessity for all of humanity to go beyond themselves, to push themselves to love differently. Because in all of our lives, it is all about love. And it is just that easy. This is your favorite Radio Reverend Preach Easy. This is part one of our love series, starting off the foundational familiar love, Storge. This is my interpretation of John chapter 15, verse 12. Let me know your interpretation down below. Let me know your understandings of the four love or words of love from Greek and from C.S. Lewis. And if you liked any part of this, make sure to like, share, comment, send it to a friend, send it to somebody that you love or you trying to love up on and know that I'll be praying for you till you hear from me again. Your favorite Radio Reverend Preach Easy. Signing off.